Ladies and gentlemen, drivers, gig workers, and everyone in between, welcome to This Week in Rideshare Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Hoffa. It is Friday, February 2nd, and this week, workers fight for the bare minimum, drivers get a settlement, and the truth behind tipping. Legal Rideshare breaks it down. And of course, from Legal Rideshare, I'm joined by the co-founder and lead attorney, Brian Gritting. Bryant, happy Friday. Happy Friday, Jared. Pleasure to be back. As always, it took a little hiatus there. I was in sunny Los Angeles. It was, I'm going to be honest, it was amazing. And it was warm and it was beautiful. And I loved yeah, it, it. It sounds a lot better than what we were doing here, where it was cold and gloomy <laughs> and miserable. So <laughs> <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> welcome, welcome back. Right, exactly. How great. Um, you know, we're doing the three the three topics again uh, this week. Uh, and actually, we kind of have a theme this week, Brian. It's really just about uh, tipping money and, and really the bottom line, as we've discussed. And I do feel like, and we'll discuss it during this, but I feel like uh, you and I have always really had the pulse on what's happening out there as far as driver pay. And I feel like an article always pops up after we talk about it. So uh, very interesting stuff. And we're going to jump right into it with the first thing, which we have definitely talked about, uh, gig workers and minimum wage. Shocking no one. A new study shows that most gig workers don't even make minimum wage. Uh, this is from NerdWallet. They reported, quote, nearly a third of gig workers, about 29%, reported earnings less than the minimum wage in their state. And they break it down by state. So in New York City, where the minimum wage is 15 per hour, uh, delivery drivers earn about $11.12 per hour. In Chicago, Uber and Lyft drivers earn about twelve seventy-two per hour. But the minimum wage here is $15 in uh, 80 cents. Now, this is what's really interesting, Brian. We talk about this a lot. We talked about um, states like New York having the minimum wage for drivers and Uber and Lyft complaining about it. So obviously, you know that New York City enacted the first minimum wage for rideshare drivers. So uh, typically, the minimum wage you know, is $15 per hour. But with the new law, drivers could expect to earn up to $17 per hour. So basically, Brian, Uber and Lyft complaining that we can't afford these drivers high rates turns out that they can't afford minimum wage. And that's the answer. And what's really sad here is drivers can't afford to make under minimum wage. How are you supposed to live? How are you supposed to keep a roof over your head if you go out every day and you don't make a living wage? So this is not new information. We we know from watching the numbers, we know from talking to the drivers just how devastating the earnings can be. You go out there with an expectation, you think that you're making a living, and then the expenses come out, the wear and tear on your vehicle, the costs of fuel, the costs of insurance, and all of a sudden what looks reasonable at the start, a lot of drivers are finding themselves in the in the red. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. And these numbers, while sad to see in print, are, are just simply not surprising to me at all. I, no, I agree. And I think what's amazing about this is, again, with especially New York City with that uh, minimum wage uh, law, basically, uh, you know, remember Uber and Lyft, of course, were screaming until they're blue in the face that it's going to be so high that they can't afford it and they're going to leave and they're saying all this crazy stuff. And it's insane to me because really all that did is just make sure they make minimum wage. You know, it's like a dollar or two over minimum wage. And it's just, it's clear that they can't even afford to do that, which is just, a, as you've said many times, a basic need, a basic right. Um, and they're, you know, they're saying, oh, it's impossible. You know, it's going to be so expensive. 
Well, it's, it is, you know, that's been their, their line for nearly a decade now. We can't do better because we can't afford it. How are, you know, the business is losing money. Well, we're now seeing the business making a profit. We're seeing that there's money in rideshare and they should share the wealth because they're earning that money on the back of the drivers. One of the things that's been, that's surprising to me is that Uber doesn't see that there's an incentive to treat the workers better. There's been so much turnover over the past decade in in drivers, uh, you know, working for different companies that eventually they're going to run out of bodies. It hasn't happened yet. More drivers sign up. But once drivers see how little money that they make, how much time it takes to to, to earn enough to, to put food on the table, they're going to find something else to do. And eventually there's going to be a line that they cross where there there's not enough people on the road to meet the demand and it's going to hurt the business as a whole. So it's just like anything, take care of your people. They'll take care of you. It's good for business in the long run. And Uber and Lyft need to understand that before it's too late. Yeah. I mean, that's a hundred percent. And it's interesting you brought that up because our third story today actually starts to discuss that and what's happening, kind of the erosion of Uber. But we'll get to that. Um, our second story is actually a, a kind of a win for drivers. Um, after qu- claiming wage theft, some drivers actually received a payout. This is from Essence. They added, quote, that's what the New York Attorney General's office formally accused Uber and Lyft of last year based on many wage theft complaints from drivers with the companies. Their outcries ultimately led to a historic $328 million class action lawsuit settlement that will pay the drivers what they reportedly owed. Uh, The attorney's general office has taken action against Uber and Lyft, accusing the companies of charging sales taxes and black car fund fees to avoid paying drivers their fair wages. So big win for drivers. You know, they they cash out at $328 million on the settlement. so it's it's a good thing. And I don't know how many drivers that, Brian. I'm not sure if you know how many they're splitting it up from. I'm sure quite a lot. Yeah, there's. It, it, I think it's any driver who worked during a specific period of time in that location. So it, it's going to be a, a large number of drivers who are splitting the pot. But it is a it's a successful outcome here. The attorney general said that it was the largest wage theft settlement in the history of her office. So that I mean that's really significant. Um, you know, we're, we're looking at, again, the gig companies not playing fair. They're taking people's hard-earned money when they shouldn't. They're disguising uh, certain fees and expenses at, as legitimate when they're not. Um, and we've been hearing this from years for drivers that it, it just doesn't add up. They They clock how many hours they're working. They clock how many miles they're driving. They clock how many uh, rides they've they've uh, taken in a day. And then when they get their payout, it it just doesn't seem right. And what we saw in New York with with this settlement is that it wasn't. The, the, the instincts of the drivers uh, were correct. And when you could go back and do some forensic accounting and have the power of a you know a big office look into these things, they the drivers were vindicated. Um, so I, we've been hearing this for years. I'm happy to, to see that New York did something about it. Um, and when you look at the article, it's this money is going to really help people. There's there's people that are talking about tens of thousands of dollars that are going to come back to them. And that's first of all, they probably could have used that money uh, initially when they were trying to pay their bills. But that's a nice chunk of change that's going to come and, and make a difference in people's lives. So I'm glad that the government uh put the the hammer down and, and demanded 
uh, fair fair practices by the businesses that are running in their state. Yeah, absolutely. And really the cherry on top of that article too is even said that the outlet also pointed out that passengers, passengers recognize that Uber's policies have more built-in provisions for them and not nearly enough for drivers. So extremely transparent that, look, this is not drivers is complaining. It's a serious issue, as we've, we've said so many times before. Happy to see a win, honestly. They deserved it. I just hope it keeps going that way. Uh, we're going to head to our final story, which actually is an interesting wrap-up to some of the things that you talked about, Bryant. Um, it's the truth behind tipping. And what everyone's starting to figure out is that tipping doesn't necessarily mean better pay for drivers. This article is from View from the Wing, and they explain why. Um, so they said, quote, when uh, Travis uh, Kalenic, I think is I was botched his last name, left for Uber and Expedia's CEO took over, one of the first moves was to introduce tipping of drivers. Um, so people generally applauded the change as being good for drivers because they didn't understand how tipping works. And they said in this article, it does, doesn't necessarily mean higher pay. So that's exactly what happened at Uber. They introduced tipping and Uber pays their drivers less. They can't get enough drivers on the road precisely because drivers expect that while Uber doesn't pay as much, the customers might make up for it with the tip. However, shocking, what's happening is that Uber is paying them less and people are tipping less than drivers have expected. So it's reducing driver pay, which encourages better drivers with other opportunities to leave the platform. They're then being replaced by different drivers and often less expensive, older, and less maintained vehicles. It's one of the reasons that the overall Uber experience has gotten so much worse. So interesting, Bryant, you just brought this up when we first started. It's happening. So basically, Uber was hoping customers would, would front the rest of the cash. They're not. So what's happening is a lot of the good Uber drivers with good vehicles are leaving. It's eroding the product. It's eroding the business. Yeah, and in terms of the bottom lines, it's bad for everybody except for Uber. Uber, Uber gets to save money on what they pay the drivers. They are passing the, the bill to the customers. When the customers don't pay you know that that extra portion that Uber was expecting them to do who gets screwed the driver so again we're just we're seeing Uber really take advantage of everybody it, i i feel bad that you know for the passenger who who recognizes that the driver is being underpaid and then feels pressure from the company to make up the difference like that's that's bs you should tip because you're happy with the service you should tip because it's the right thing to do but you shouldn't tip because you know that the company that the person who's providing you a service is screwing them like that that's that takes the the whole gratuity out of it it becomes an obligation and then obviously we're feeling for the drivers who are walking away without enough income to maintain a basic lifestyle so you know what what i'm thinking of when i see this structure is the service industry works a lot on tips. You know, the the person who works at the restaurant, they make below minimum wage often because there's a tipping culture, but there's there are rules and there are laws and there's structure to make sure that the tips actually make up for the, you know, the amount that the, the employer is paying them. There, there are, and, and the employer needs to make up the difference if it falls below a certain level. So, where Uber and Lyft and, and all these gig companies win essentially is they, there's no regulation forcing them to ensure that their drivers are making a living wage. There's a big difference between 
other industries were tipping as normal and this independent contractor uh, situation that that the gig companies have created where there's no oversight, no rules, no regulations, and there's exploited workers as a result. I mean, you nailed it. I don't know if you saw these stats. I, I couldn't believe it. So just like you said, you know, there's other businesses and services that have tipping, but it's obviously understood that you should or must tip. It's not in this case. So the stats are nuts. 51% of food and, and grocery driver incomes come from tips. That's 51%. This figure is just 10% for rideshare drivers, in part because expected tipping isn't happening. Only 28.3% of rides earn tips. That's compared to 88.5% of grocery delivery and 74.5% of food orders. So it's exactly what you said. People just aren't tipping the drivers or delivery drivers or gig workers the way you would if you had a server or a bartender or someone in another service industry. And it's clearly making a difference. And again, it's eroding the service. It's eroding the experience. And eventually drivers are, are going to see that and walk away. So, you know, this article alluded to that saying that one driver sees that the, the situation isn't working for them. They leave. Another one comes up. Like I said earlier, eventually there's just going to, the well's going to run dry. And when there's not enough drivers to do the job, the companies are going to fail because this is a, truly the, the driver is the customer of the company. That's how Uber and Lyft make money is by getting those drivers on the road. And if they don't take care of the people who are most important to them, they're going to fail sooner than later. Yeah, totally. So very interesting uh, articles this week, Brian. A lot on the money, but a lot of, a lot of uh, clarity, a lot of transparency in what we've already known. But when you see it on paper, it's just those numbers, man, they hurt. Um, before we head into the, the weekend, I do want to give you the final say, uh, and then we will uh, we'll head off. Just reminding everybody that we're available for free legal consultations. Uh, should you find yourself in an accident or injury situation, um, you know, while working on the job. So it, that means we can help discuss with you what you're entitled to, whether it's the cost of medical treatment, lost wages, pain and suffering, any other damage that you sustain. Uh, we want to make sure that you have the information necessary to get the, the settlement you deserve, to fight the insurance company, to put the money in your pocket that you're entitled to. So please visit us at LegalRideShare.com. Um, we're always available and always glad to help. And I will second that gig workers and drivers, please, if you if you get into an accident, if you think that maybe you should ask us about it, do it. It's free consultations. You'll likely talk to myself or you'll talk to Bryant and we will guide you in the right direction. Just do not hesitate. That's all, I, that's all we ask. Um, but that is the end of this week in Rideshare. See you next week.